Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Did you see Miller Moss last night in the bowl game, in the holiday bowl game, Denton? For he was USC? great quarterback with two last names, killing it. <laughs> he does have two last names. Uh, that happens a lot. Um, Miller Moss was the replacement for Caleb Williams for USC in the Holiday Bowl game last night against Louisville. And he set a Holiday Bowl record with six touchdown passes in his first college start. USC won the game 42-28. to And all of the Twitter reaction after the game was... That was a very hurtful night to Caleb Williams because what it says is is that Lincoln Riley is the star, the system is the star, and that Caleb Williams is a system quarterback. Uh, what? Just look, put aside the concerns that have emerged, you know, the, the, the at least slight concerns that have emerged, you know, the request for equity, the liking of tweets about not going to Chicago, et cetera. Put that aside and just watch his tape and watch the plays he makes. He is super, super gifted uh, and super talented and is Mahomes-esque at times. Russell Wilson-esque at times in his prime. There are other comparisons there. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more to just the on-field talent, and it's going to be a big part of the evaluation of these quarterbacks is getting into their lives and figuring out who these people are and what they're going to be and projecting them. It's hard. But Miller Moss last night lit it up in the Holiday Bowl. Um, was 23 of 33 for 372 and six touchdown passes. Uh, the record was four touchdowns. He had a chance. To, they had the ball back twice. I thought he was going to get to seven. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get back to the phone lines, 301-230-0980. I haven't mentioned an hour into the show that we do have two guests on the show. Charch is going to be on with us in about 15 minutes. Uh, I am one of two remaining survivors in one of Charch's many fantasy football guillotine leagues, which are essentially survivor leagues, fantasy style, um, or fantasy football leagues, survivor style, meaning that the worst team each week gets chopped. And then, you know, so if you survive, you're not playing head to head with anybody. You're just trying not to be the worst team each week and survive another week. And I am down to the final two. I'm in the championship game this Sunday. Denton. So we've got some of that to talk about between today and tomorrow because I am open to uh, help with the players that I should start. Mahomes was my quarterback last week. Uh, I just added Matt Stafford, and I I, I got Trevor Lawrence, who may not play, but I'm thinking about Stafford against the Giants instead of of Mahomes this week. Um, More on that later. Let's get back to the phone lines, 301-230-0980. Simple question. 
If we get to Monday and Washington's got a season finale game against the Cowboys who are playing for nothing and are going to rest their starters, would you then want Josh Harris to step in and say to Ron Rivera, Ron, I want to see some practice squad players in this game. I'd like to see Jake Fromm start at quarterback. They have to lose these two games, people. Very, very important that they lose these two games. Robert in Annapolis, with his Baltimore perspective, is on with us now. Robert, how are you? Good morning. Uh, I don't think you want another owner who gets involved in uh, strategy and game decisions and things of that nature. But I do want to pose you don't this think you don't consider this to be totally different than some of the Dan stuff, which was Kevin? drafting players. Kevin. You just want the owner to own the team and the, and the football people to run the game. But that's okay. Here's my question to you. Suppose that Washington can eliminate Dallas from winning their division in that last game. No. Putting them on the road for their first no. two playoff games. Uh-uh. You, want them to lose. I want Dallas to win the game. To, to, you would get no satisfaction out of that. None. At the, okay. That tells you when where I am happen, with the Kevin? rivalry. When did, this happen to, when did this happen to you? Did you ever think in your you younger know. years there's – There'd be a day where I'm going to have to root against my own team one day against the Dallas Cowboys. No, never thought there would be the, these days. But I'm, you know, I'm used to it now. It's been several okay. years. You know, you well, you've had I, I the, you've had the, the luxury of rooting for a team that is top tier in terms of ownership, front office, coaching staff. They've got an identity. I mean, I never wanted you guys to win, and in recent years I have found myself just admiring the Ravens organization. And the other night, just absolutely loving watching what they did to the Niners. It's just enjoyable to watch. It's, it's in many ways what Washington was for multiple decades. Yeah, they're, they're having a good run here. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. But uh, they, do, they do go out there and play the game, don't they? Oh, my God. And by the way, I, it, uh, an organization like yours would never be in this position, but Philly was a couple of years ago with an outgoing Doug Peterson, and they got involved. Okay. Management got let me, involved. Let me, let, let me hop off with this. It's a philosophy. I, I, my, I have never been able to not root for my team to win. It's a game-to-game thing. I worry about the draft in April. I don't worry about the future like that. Of course, my age, I can't have to worry about the future that much. But I, I just couldn't understand how a fan could not root to, to cause Dallas harm in that final game if the situation exists. Okay, thanks for taking There was a day I felt that way, but not now. It is a new day. Dan is gone. I want this new regime to come in. The start of this new football era in Washington happens when this season ends. That's the true start, and I hope and I think I will be and feel I, I, that I'll feel much differently um, for the first time in a while. Um, but there are still some lingering and nagging issues. Uh, some of you know what those are. Uh, we'll leave it at that today because we have certainly talked about the name issue many times in the past. Bob in Tennessee. Bob, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing this morning? I'm well, Bob. Um, I, uh, I have two, two ideas, uh, two thoughts about this. I, I kind of want to flush them out real quick. The first one is Jack has already been on the phone with Lori and discussing this with him. And I mean, like, seriously, how'd you do this? I'm not condemning you for doing that at all, but how did you do this? Cause I need to do something similar. Would you give me a, some advice about that? That's one thing he should have already done that. 
But the other is when he talks to um, Rivera, I don't think he should tell him point blank, you've got to do this. You wouldn't advise that either. Play some, start, <clears throat> play some backups. You know, we want to see what people are for the next year. Ron could say, no, I'm not doing that. I know what you're really saying, and I'm not doing that. He can't fire him. He's in a delicate position right now because I think if he does fire him, Ron can go one of two ways. He could say, fine, I got my money. I don't care. Or he could say, this owner categorically told me I have to lose games in so many words, and I refuse to do it, and I'm angry about that. Well, you that can't do it that way. You can't trouble. do it that way. That's why I'm saying we would, we'd really like to see – uh, some of the practice squad players to get a look at some of those players, including Jake Fromm, considering how, you know, uh, how delicate the quarterback situation has become here. Right, right. Well, you, you don't say, I mean, hey, I need you to nicely, lose the game, start Jake Fromm, clearly. No. <laughs> Can't do that, but he has to ask him nicely in a, in a way so <laughs> that poss- possibility can't can exist. I don't want Roger Goodell coming down our throats and saying, you know, we have to make an example out of you because it's the first time. I'm just seeing that possibility. Be nice to Ron. He's already been nice. He's paid him a ton with, with his contract and everything. That shouldn't be an issue. Ron should, like you said, he was in the military. That I, I'm, thanks for telling me that because I hadn't really seen that clearly. More than Well, it comes from Ron, a military look, family, yes. Yeah. Do what you want to do, uh, you know. <clears throat> I'll, I'll comply with what you want. I, I want to see some uh, second backups, too. And I'll do what you want. Um, tow the company line, get paid, leave the Sayonara. We get the we get a high second or third uh, pick in the draft. Uh, I just didn't want to have ruin it by, you know, Josh saying something stupid like you've got to do this. I don't think he will, but I just don't want him to. I don't want to even think about. I'm going to order him, and if he doesn't, I'm going to fire him. I, that that scenario I don't like playing out as much it's just an I hear what you're saying look let me just say this that he actually doesn't have to ask anybody nicely he's the owner of the football team but to your point and I agree with you it would be beneficial for him to use some finesse in this conversation the problem in the intrigue for me and the reason that I brought it up um, is that you're really going to have two completely different agendas between ownership who will still be here and an exiting head coach who won't. The exiting head coach is going to want to win that game against the Cowboys to ensure that he ends up with an above 500 all-time record as a head coach. And it's imperative for the organization's best interests moving forward, future possibilities, that they lose that game. And Josh Harris will want them to lose that game. And so I just think it sets up a very interesting situation next week. I've been against Josh Harris stepping in and doing anything at any point this year, even though it was justified at various points in time, and I recognize that. But in this particular case, a really good organization, the Philadelphia Eagles, gave you a blueprint in 2020. They wanted to keep their draft slotting position with an outgoing coaching staff in Doug Peterson and company, and they put Nate Sudfeld into the game when there was a possibility Jalen Hurts was going to lead them to an unnecessary victory, which, by the, by the way, would have knocked Washington out and put the Giants into the postseason as a 7-9 and nine division winner. Um, it, teams all the time play these final play that final week of the season with developmental 
players in the game. You don't have to go down the path of saying we're trying to lose the game. It's all about we'd like to see some of these young players in this very meaningless game for us. Thank you, though, for the call, and I appreciate it. Dave in Maryland. Dave, go ahead. Hey, season greetings. Um, hey, so, yeah, Jake Fromm, no, I wouldn't want to go that way with Kevin. Um, uh, there are so many ways uh, I'd like to see this thing play out or can play out. Um, and, and one thing to you, well, Sam's credit. Let me go with Sam. You know, we, we can talk about Sam doesn't do this and doesn't do this right. He, he doesn't do a lot of things right because he, he's short, doesn't see the field fast enough. But to Sam's credit, it's also Eric the Enemy's credit. Eric the Enemy helped make Sam what Sam is. Okay, the op- whether the offense, the offense uh, was a passing offense, and Sam certainly threw the ball around a whole lot and, and made some completions. He missed quite a few, but hey, that's just football. Um, one thing I want to say would say is, you know, ever wonder why Kansas City is having such a bad time over there now? Eric the Enemy isn't there. You know, I think that had something to do with it. You know, now, look, uh, if 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 uh, Eric Bieniemy making Sam what Sam is, is his pitch, he's got to come up with a new one <laughs> because Sam yeah, Howell is near the bottom of every statistical, you know, uh, measurement in the league right now. You realize that, right? After 15 games, Sam Howell, wh- where is he Denton right now? PFF, isn't it like 31st or 32nd in the league among starters yeah, with a certain well. number of games? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he. this is not overall we, – we enjoyed some of the encouraging moments and the really good games, but when you now factor in into the evaluation the better defensive teams that they've played, Sam's near the bottom of every key stat or near the top of some bad stats. Well, he's also at the top of, you know, passing yards. No, he's and, not. He's uh, 11th yeah. now. He's 11th. Okay. Well, yeah. And yeah, it took him a lot of attempts to get there. But again, Kevin, Kevin, he's short, he's inexperienced, he's not seeing the field yeah. fast enough, Kevin. He's also not taking the easy options. We had a running game that was okay at first. And then, you know, Brian Robson got hurt. Uh, Gibson was doing pretty doing some pretty good things. Uh, you know, we can second we can uh, second guess the play call all we want. But let's go back to this. It's it's not really where you draft and it's not really I mean, it's also it's where you're drafting and it's also the people who are gonna work with that person, develop them, and put them in that system. The two things have to mesh, and they don't always mesh, right? Do you give I, any I have- do you give any thought to maybe Eric Bieniemy didn't choose the best way to develop Sam Howell this year? Is that even in a, small, a possibility for you? you know, to a small degree, it goes back to the line. They did uh, makeshift changes there. I mean, you know, Wiley didn't pan out as good as he should have. Uh, uh, then, you know, you know, the other shuffle somewhat helped. We lost the center, that type of thing. It, listen, it, you know, let's not ever separate the two. It, it's a whole, it's a combination of her enemy, the offense. I really think that Ron, I really think that, well, not only did Ron should not have made him the starter, because he pretty much said that after he won the Dallas game. Uh, I think you even said there was never even a chance to Kobe led the first team offense in, in training camp and things. Uh, I think that it was, you know, I think that we should have just, I mean, maybe, uh, what I'm trying to say, but trying to put, put putting the set in there sooner, whether, you know, it was Ron's decision, it should have came from management at some point 
that you got the you know you got a more experienced paying high paid prospect on your you know are we yeah. waiting now to find out that Jacoby Brissett could have went there and did what he did? I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to be a Sam hater like I like I came out saying. Look, that. It, really the, the best case for Eric Bieniemy at this point well. for anything positive from this year is what Jacoby Brissett did in his first five drives against the Rams and the Jets. Led him to five touchdowns. Thanks for the call, Dave. I appreciate it. I want to get to one or two more before we got to get to charge. Um, look, on the offensive line, let me just mention it again. I've never at any point watching this, this offensive line this year thought it was a good offensive line, but the advanced numbers say it's the 14th best pass blocking line in the league. All right, Their pass block win rate is 14th in the league. That's top half of the league. Uh, David, David, finish it up for us. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin, your answer to the question is no. It is Dallas. We just got to beat Dallas. If Dallas came out there with the little sisters of the poor, we need to kick their behind too. So no to your question, no to losing the game to Dallas to get a better pick, no guarantee that they're going to pick the right person. It is no. That's it. That's final. You may not agree with it, but that's it. <laughs> David, let me day. just say this. I I appreciate uh-huh. your loyalty, your passion. I had it once, too, and would have answered the question the same way, but it's not the answer for me anymore, so we'll agree to disagree on that. Uh, it's funny because the Dallas-Washington rivalry at one point, for me as a sports fan, was just as important as anything. You know, I was never one of those guys to say, you can go 2-14, and 14, but as long as the two wins are against Cowboys. No, that, that was ridiculous. But, man, those two games, when the schedule came out, the first thing I looked for was, where are we playing Dallas there, and when are we playing Dallas at home? Uh, many of you understand that feeling. But, no, for this is a, a, a new start. This is... You know, like we said with the new name and the new uniforms, it's almost expansion-like. And the beginning of the new football era begins after this last Dallas game. Uh, And I'm looking forward to everything that will come with that. I'm optimistic because it couldn't be worse than it's been for the last 25 years. Charge next, Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't believe we've arrived at the final charge appearance of the season. Um... I love talking football with you, though. Like, we should do that more often than just talking fantasy because you know that fantasy, yeah. for me, is down the list a little bit, but not this year, Charge. No. I've told now, everybody now I am in the final two in one of your guillotine tip. leagues. I love it. I love it. That's um, it's, it's, it's not easy to do it in the guillotine league. That means you've survived 16 weeks in which you could have been eliminated it's the playoffs every week in this format and here you are still alive i made it to you know thanksgiving then i bowed out and you're you're still going my man i love it that's uh and your team's not bad obviously it's good at this point you know they're you know i've had a couple of as you described them near death experiences uh but somehow gotten through including last weekend it came down to that giant eagle game, and I had to make the decision to to to, to pick uh, either Saquon Barkley or, or or DeAndre Swift. And if I had picked Swift, I think I would have lost by like a tenth of a point. And I picked Barkley, wow. and that touchdown in the second half was monstrous. And the two point conversion helped me as well. I didn't even realize that. You know, I I, I have not kept you know a, a real a close watch of the scoring or even the money associated with this league. Although you did tell me the other day um, that it'll be nice and profitable for me and that at least I've gotten back yes. my investment uh, so far. Yes. So, yes. Um, not, look, it will be- not be an IRS uh, situation to be clear. No. So before we get to some of the big questions for people in their final playoff week or final guillotine chopped week, let me get specific on on my team and ask you a couple of questions. So right. I added Matt Stafford, um, you know, to my roster. I wanted the flexibility mm-hmm. of a Stafford, Mahomes, Lawrence at quarterback. Lawrence obviously yeah. is iffy against Carolina. They have to have that game. Part of me thinks that if he plays in that game, that he could end up having a big game for them against Carolina at home. Um, I've got Mahomes against Cincinnati. We've seen he's been very little help to me here recently. And then Stafford and that that Rams offense is as hot as any in the league right now. So what would you do? I have Stafford ranked sixth, and I have Mahomes ranked seventh. So they are you are in coin flip territory. Trevor Lawrence is not even on the radar for this. He's quarterback 15 right now. The only thing Carolina has done well as an organization this year has been stop the pass. So we're not going to we're not going to monkey with that especially with Lawrence he's got three different injuries he's trying to work through right now. So let's talk Stafford for a second. You will almost never see a season cleaved in two parts like Matthew Stafford's. The dividing line happened between games 9 and 10. In those first 9 games, Matthew Stafford was one touchdown per game. He ranked his fantasy quarterback 23 right between Desmond Ritter and Mac Jones, both of whom would be benched multiple times later in the season. And since that first nine games, uh, games 10 forward, Matthew Stafford is quarterback two 
right between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. He's averaging 280 passing yards and 2.8 passing touchdowns per game. He gets the Giants this week. They are they on paper they look like a middle of the pack secondary, but good passers. Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Tua, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy twice. Good passers are averaging 312 and 2.1 touchdowns. It's a very nice opportunity for Stafford here. I'm a little bit concerned about this game, and I'll tell you why. A lot of the things that I do when I put my fantasy team together is I incorporate the gambling contrarian takes that I have. The Rams are going to be a massive public play this week against the Giants. They're laying a perceived short number. It's five and a half. I'm probably going to have the Giants plus the five and a half on my weekly smell test, which is, I think we've talked about this Mm -hmm. before, but it's a contrarian kind of handicapping thing, which, by the way, has won 14 of 18 years that I've done it. But but besides that, um, I, I look at that and I'm wondering, could this be the week that the Rams end up struggling here and they end up in, you know, a 1917 game? Maybe they win it. I have Nakua and Cup as well. So, like, okay. if I go with That's Stafford, I'm going all in on a team that I'm probably going to be betting against on Sunday. That concerns well, okay. me. The, the betting angle does not matter here, but what does is – you are in a guillotine league championship in which the rosters are insane. They're so good at this point. You have to have lightning strike in a big way. You know, you need to have, you know, by our scoring system, you know, 130 points before you start to feel comfortable with what, you know, with your, your chances. I mean, the team you're facing is going to be starting Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, Devonta Smith, um, you know, maybe Amari Cooper coming off a 200-yard game. We can talk about him uh, for tonight's action. So, I mean, you Christian McCaffrey, you have to, you know, you need, you kind of need something special to happen. And so I, I don't think there's a problem with going, bundling up Stafford and Nakua, for example. You know, you could do both Nakua and, uh, and Cup if you wanted to, but maybe, uh, maybe you don't go all three deep. Yeah, I mean, not that we're, we need to take up this thing right now, but I would beg to differ on the gambling angle. Just from my standpoint, I think the Rams are in a bit of trouble Sunday. So I look at that, and I think actually this could be a breakout game for Kansas City against Cincinnati Sunday. They oh, have for to. Sure. So, yeah, they have to let, win. Let's talk it through. And, and it's not just that they have to beat Cincinnati. They've got to look good doing it. Now, it could be that that something's seriously wrong with the Chiefs, and we're going to find that out, and they're going to lose to Cincinnati, and 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 you know, and I'll be out. But I, I, I still think Mahomes has a chance. I've got Kelsey and 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 the Cleveland tight end Najoku as my two as my two tight ends. You don't have a problem with either one of those, do you? Do you think I should start Evan Ingram in, in, for either one of those two? No, and I don't I'll, I'll tell you why. And I'm 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 with you on the. I think the bounce back's coming for the Chiefs because this Cincinnati defense is so ratty. Get this: over the past five weeks, Cincinnati's allowed the most passing yards. Here's the quarterbacks that have fueled them to the bottom ranking over the last five weeks. Opposing quarterbacks: Mason Rudolph, Nick Mullins, Gardner Minshew, Kenny Pickett. And half a game of Trevor Lawrence and half a game of C.J. Beathard. Those guys have powered Cincinnati to the 32nd ranking in passing yards allowed. 
here comes Patrick Mahomes. And they're terrible against tight ends. You're talking about Travis Kelsey. Here's where the Bengals rank against tight ends. Fantasy points allowed, second most. Receptions allowed to tight ends, second most. Receiving yards allowed to tight ends, the most. So there's a, there's a huge opportunity here for Mahomes and Kelsey. So totally cool if you want to put in Mahomes. Like I said, I got him, I got him right next to Stafford. But I, no way would I bench Kelsey in this matchup. You've got to, you've got to go with Kelsey in the bounce-back opportunity here. I think so, too. My running backs are interesting. I've got, I've got Alvin Kamara. I've got DeAndre Swift. I've got Saquon Barkley. And, you know, Javante Williams I've been looking at very seriously here because of Russell Wilson not playing and the mm-hmm. opponent that they're playing in the Chargers. Um, what, what do you – I mean, right now my, my, my preference is to, 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 to play DeAndre Swift against Arizona. By the way, Barkley yeah, got absolutely. banged up a little bit in the game <laughs> on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and thinking that it might be Kamara and Swift for me. It's Kamara and Swift. They're both in my top five at the yeah. running back position this week. Uh, you know, for, for Swift, you know, it's Arizona, so it kind of writes itself. And by the way, they may miss it, may be missing two defensive linemen, Xavier Collins and Jonathan Ledbetter. They may both not go in this one. Cardinals have allowed the fourth most rushing touchdowns uh, and the second most rushing yards of the position. So yeah, you got to start Swift. And for Kamara, you know, he has a – he has a nice track record against the division rival Bucks, but they're getting killed through the air, and he's been so active through the air. At least, uh, at least five receptions in seven of twelve games this year. He's failed to catch fewer than three passes, and he's caught at least three in every game. Um, so there's there's a lot of opportunity here for Kamara as well, especially through the air. So I think I actually you, you like gotta the get Saints to play well too um, against <laughs> Tampa. Tampa, by the way, I don't mm-hmm. think people have paid attention to how well they've been playing. And how well coached they are specifically on defense. But I don't know. This feels like, you know, that this NFC South is going to come down to the final week. And Tampa could theoretically clinch it with a win over the Saints and with an Atlanta loss um, on Mm -hmm. Sunday. The Falcons play. um, uh, Who do the Falcons play? I'm forgetting now. Falcons have uh, I've got it right in front of me, and a, usually I, you know they're an under they're an underdog. Falcons have the in Bears. The game. They've got the Bears. Yeah, they've got the they Bears. got the Bears. Bears? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Bears. Defense they're an underdog in Chicago, a Bears team that's played exceptionally well down the stretch on defense uh, in particular. Um, all right, so mm-hmm. uh, the only other the only other possibility, um, by the way, for me that I just wanted to throw out to you is just I do have Rasheed Rice. You know, he's been good for me here recently. And it's Cooper Cup, Nakua, and Tariq Hill right now as the two wide receivers, and I'm using Nakua as the flex. Uh, and Nojoku as a flex. Would you put Rice in for either Nojoku yes. or, or Nakua? Yes, over Nojoku. I would. You would. Um, or, yeah, I would. Here's the thing. Since, we, you know, he's come on so strong. Since week 12. He's third in the league in targets. He's called in at least six catches in five straight games, and he's scored in three of the five games. Cincinnati giving up 176 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. That's sixth most in the league. And the only, the only receiver you can rely on to get part of that 176 is Rasheed Rice. Um, and his one-on-one matchup against Chidobe Awuzie is pretty positive. He just got gassed for 123 yards and a score against Pittsburgh. So I, 
I like Rice here quite a bit. He's inside my top ten at the wide receiver position. So the yeah, only I thing think, about Najuk, he's a guy Najoko is that he's become a Flacco favorite here. I mean, he has, he has you know, in the. And, and they're playing the Jet defense, which is a big concern here tonight mm-hmm. on, on short rest. I could see a low-scoring Cleveland win here, which which is probably why it makes sense with Rice. But he had 14 yep. targets two weeks ago, nine targets last week. Um, the first three games that he came in, I think Flacco came in on, uh, it's it's like a, a combined like 30 targets in the three games against Chicago, Jacksonville, and I think it was the Rams they played first. I mean, Flacco yeah, and, loves him a good tight end. Always has. And, and you know, the Jets are so good at those outside cornerbacks, right? So if Amari Cooper even plays in this game, you know, he's got this brutal matchup against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the outside. So path of least resistance is the middle of the field. And that's, you know, that's going to be in Joku territory, along with uh, Elijah Moore, by the way. Sneaky, nice, sneaky betting opportunity on Elijah Moore as well. Um, but these are the kind of problems you've got in a guillotine league when you've got a superstar roster where you know, everybody's a good player with, with intriguing, positive matchups. And, you know, Njoku is, has got some safety to him, but the Jets' defense in totality is obviously really, really good. And, he might give you more downside than some of the other players you'd have to consider benching. I just, I think if it comes down to rice versus Njoku, I think I'm, I think I'm playing rice here, even though you're already going to have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in your lineup. Njoku might be, might be Flacco's best or most talented tight end that he's ever had. I mean, you know, the Dennis Pittas and the, you know, the Max Williamses, the the guys that he would always hit in big clutch situations, they're nowhere near as talented as Nojuku uh, is. Um, No, no. uh, I'm an underdog. I'm an underdog in this final matchup. Slight underdog, yeah. Uh, You know, your opponent has been the best team in the league. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. been the high scoring team five different weeks out of 18. Uh, You were the high scoring team once this year. So, yeah, I think you're the, you're the slight underdog when you're, when you're facing Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, yeah, you, you might be the underdog here. Uh, so just tell me real quickly, the Thursday night game, the last one of the year, can't believe we're here already, the last Thursday night game of the year, um, it's that Jet defense and it's nasty, we understand mm-hmm. that. But Flacco has been, I, I think he, since taking over, I think he's number one in the league in yards, number one in touchdowns. Um, yep. you know, he's got comeback player of the year written all over him, uh, at this point. So what would you do if you had Flacco tonight versus some others? Where do you have him ranked? Um, I got him pretty low, uh, quarterback 13, you know, which is obviously he's been playing at quarterback one, two, three level. So I, I think, I think the other shoe drops here and less about Joe Flacco playing badly. It's going to be because Kevin Stefanski is going to do what he loves to do and run the ball. When you're facing the Jets, it's just so much easier to run the ball. I mean, Stefanski loves it anyway. He runs the, at the fourth highest rate in the NFL anyway, although that's changed a lot lately with, uh, with Flacco's success. But the Jets see the second most rushes, 31 per game, Kevin, and the third highest run rate. So I just think the path of least resistance is going to be all about Hunt. It's going to be about Jerome Ford. Those guys are sitting on potentially really nice games. They have not run the ball well since Flacco came in. They've done all their damage through the air. Yeah, and I see the reversal coming. I just think this is this is the way this thing sets up. This is going to be an opportunity 
for Flacco to not have to throw his arm out of socket like they have been doing and for those guys to get the running game going and just knowing Stefanski what he wants to do that's I mean that's just the ideal scenario for him so I see I see a week off on volume coming from Flacco here I haven't looked at the odds recently Denton I would assume Dan Campbell's going to be is the favorite to win the coach of the year right but how close is Stefanski because he certainly deserves a lot of consideration. He's on his fourth quarterback, and they're going to clinch a playoff berth more likely than not tonight. It's uh, Stefanski should be right in this conversation, and maybe number one, because what has Dan Campbell had to overcome this year? Not the loss of his starting And they were picked to win the That's- division. Right. You know, he's just, he, all he's doing is holding serve. He's got the best team, in, he's got the best roster in the division. Um, didn't have to face Kirk Cousins. It's turned out to be, uh, you know, it's turned out that all he's really done is is held serve. And so I'm with you. I think I think Stefanski has done more with less. And the fact that he's injected Flacco into this offense so seamlessly when he couldn't, when you know, guys like Deshaun Watson were failing him. Your starter was failing, um, and he was able to get this out of Flacco and get this team to uh, into a playoff spot and really be a team to who wants to face the Browns right now in the AFC. Nobody. And, you know, and by the way, one more thing on this. Look at the other teams in the AFC that are around the Browns for in, in, in playoff positioning. They're teams that have their healthy starting quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Tua and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but not the Browns. They're on their fourth quarterback, and they're right there with the rest of those teams in the AFC. From You've a convinced standpoint. me. You've convinced me, and, I, and I'll add this. I watched one of his press conferences recently after one of the games. He's a very impressive guy. I did not know that much about Kevin Stefanski. I know that you know much more than I do because he was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota, uh, and that got him the job in Cleveland. He is He's an Ivy League guy. He's very smart, but he's very, very humble. He just comes across as very bright, and right now – like they went to the playoffs and nearly beat Kansas City in that first year with him as a head coach. Yes. Remember, they had a chance in that game. And here he is on quarterback number four, leading them to, to a potential 12-win season um, and the playoffs. He is very impressive. I, did, you, did you feel that way when he was in – he was in Minnesota for a long time. Long time here. And, um, and let me, I, you and I, just by virtue of all the radio we've done, we've had, we've had opportunities to interact with many coaches, many. So when I say this, what I'm about to say, you know, understand that, you know, we've run into a lot of people and you get a chance to evaluate a lot of people. Steven, Kevin Stefanski is as impressive a coach as I have ever in totality that I've ever worked with better than the head coaches, the Vikings have had in almost every regard for a lot of the reasons that you talked about. He's so smart, so level-headed. He's such a good motivator of people. He's got, he's the, he's today's kind of head coach and how he interacts with players. He knows how to empower players without it undermining your position as an authority figure. Stefanski is, everything you want a coach to be. And I, I'm so happy for his success. I was so nervous about what Deshaun Watson might do to him. Um, even though it was ultimately, I don't think his choice though. I think it was, you know, I think that came from ownership, ownership. and from the general Certainly manager. The contract was, was ownership's choice. Yeah, exactly. Right. They had to sign off on that. Um, I just, I love what he's done there and he's just, he's 
such an impressive individual. I hope he wins coach of the year because he should. He should win coach yeah, of the year. Yeah, and I hope people. that they make a run because he is – I didn't know much about him, but I, I just watched this one press conference. It was after the game uh, when they beat um, – he beat somebody a couple of weeks ago. Flacco threw like f- three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or whatever, and they came back and beat um, whoever Jacksonville. It was the Jacksonville game, and I and I watched yeah. his presser because they're all available as as most of you know on the team's websites. And I'm like, this dude is so smart. He's so as you said, level headed. Uh, I can only imagine how much players probably love playing for him. Uh, He's done a phenomenal job. He deserves it. All right. Um, we've got a couple minutes here uh, left. So give me the other significant topics for those that are, you know, in their championship game or maybe next to, to, yeah, to last I, weekend of the I, season. I think the, the big storyline today for, with immediate need is what to do about Brees Hall tonight. He's coming off a gigantic game last week, 191 total yards and two scores for the Jets. Uh, Trevor Simeon, in his first start, threw to him 16 times last week. Against Washington. That was at Washington, correct. That means that puts an asterisk on the whole thing. And the week before, Brees Hall had 12 rushing yards and six receiving yards. So, you know, he daggered owners the week before that. Brown's run defense is so good. They rank number one in run stuff win rate by ESPN, and the Jets, ranked 31st in run blocking win rate by ESPN. The last three teams to face Cleveland have run for an average of 47 yards as a team, all positions. That's it. And so if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to divvy up 47 yards, most of it will go to Brees Hall, but it's still, it's like sitting on like a 40 yard game. I don't, I wouldn't go here. Your, your glimmer of hope is that Cleveland has a lot of rushing touchdown in six of the last seven. So maybe he finds his way into the end zone here, but Opposing lead backs have just gotten hammered for three straight weeks against the Browns, and I, I don't like Brees Hall here. What about Amari Cooper? Massive game, record-setting franchise performance game last week yeah. in Houston, but he is a little bit banged up, right? Yeah, this heel injury is real, but dude is so tough, Amari Cooper. They could amputate his foot during the coin toss, and I and Cooper would end up playing. You know, The catch for him is going to be, he runs predominantly from the outside, and that's going to put him on Sauce Gardner. And how good is Sauce Gardner? Get this. Since week three, Sauce Gardner giving up an average of one catch for 12 yards in his coverage. I mean, it's, those are insane numbers. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, okay, Charge, you stupid moron. They'll just put Cooper on the other side of the field. But the problem is D.J. Reed is on the other side of the field, and he's almost as yeah. good since the opener. Yeah. He's allowing – one touchdown since the opener and an average game of two catches for 23 yards. There's just nowhere to hide for Amari Cooper in this game. So I think there's a lot of reason to be cautious on Cooper this week. We're not going to chase last week's box score. Do the 49ers bounce back against that horrific Washington defense that Brees Hall lit up, uh, that Trevor Simeon had a good game against? Is this a bounce back opportunity for Brock Purdy? Yeah, massive one. He's my number one ranked quarterback for this week. Uh, because, your team of the, because of the opponent so primarily, right? Yes. It, it, well, I mean, and, and, and Purdy had been playing really well until last week. And even two of those four interceptions were a 100% not on Brock Purdy. But, you know, your team is, has now fallen to the point where it's dead last in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, dead last in touchdowns allowed, dead last in passing yards allowed. 
And by the way, 30th in depth of target, so big plays against your defense and well as well. So and and holding Trevor Simeon relatively in check last week does not count. So you know we we give no credit for that. So yeah, it's it's a it's a big game coming for Purdy and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, uh, you're the best. This is always so much fun. I can't believe that the season is over. I appreciate all that you've done. Happy New Year. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to call you back just to talk some ball, which we can do at, at, at yeah, various times during yeah. the year, too. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk in the playoffs, you know, at least once or twice and just talk through playoff nice. games and stuff. That'd be a blast. Uh, thank you, as always. You are the best, my friend. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Paul Charchian, at Paul Charchian on Twitter. Uh, you can get information about all of his leagues. Uh, some Denton news when we come back. Kevin Sheehan, show the team 980. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you got? All right, so we got to start a couple different things. I do just want to point out some breaking news that just was reported at the NBA, Kevin. Businessman Mark Lohr and former Yankee Alex Rodriguez are expected to exercise their option to acquire controlling ownership over the Minnesota Timberwolves and the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx from Glenn Taylor as soon as potentially today. It would still need approval of the Board of Governors out of the NBA, but Alex Rodriguez could be a majority NBA owner by the end of the afternoon. Well, not only that, of the team, I think they've got the they still have the best record in the West. They've been playing incredible basketball this year. Uh they do. The T-Wolves are 22 and 7. They they're the number 1 uh, team in the West right now. Uh, it's quite the roster, and Anthony Edwards is turning into a bona fide top five-ish kind of a player in the league. Uh, he's sensational. Um, all right, what else? All right, so of course we've been kind of reacting and kicking. Back I don't know how the Lynx do. I don't know anything about the Minnesota Lynx. So. I'm not. I'm not uh, well versed in them either. Uh, but what I am well versed in is Russell Wilson is being benched in Denver. This seems to be a purely financial decision, but it's a weird uh, situation, Kevin, where it doesn't feel like there's a real protagonist. Russ has been a little hard to deal with, maybe described as a bit of a diva. Sean Payton is ruling with a Bill Parcells iron fist out there in Denver. It's a very interesting situation that's unraveling, and nobody's ending up looking good coming out of it, it seems. I don't like this at all. I think Denver's making a mistake. Um, 
for two reasons. One, they're still alive mathematically for the postseason. Uh, Russell Wilson's had a decent season. Has he been great? No. The numbers probably reflect a better season than he's actually had. I've watched a lot of Denver games this year. Um, and I think he's really come through in a lot of big spots for them. You know, they were down 23-7 the other night on Christmas Eve, and they scored on two long touchdown drives, two two-point conversions. Wilson was a big part of it. I just think it's wrong uh, to basically bail on any chance to make the postseason. It's wrong for the rest of the locker room. I know that Russ is a diva and has not been the most popular player in any uh, locker room he's been in. Um, but to give up on the season and to say that Jarrett Stidham gives you a better chance to win, which is Sean, what Sean Payton's trying to throw out there, it's all about the $37 million that is in slight jeopardy uh, if they play him. He would have to get hurt, and he would have to get hurt badly enough that he didn't pass a physical in March. And so for that minor risk, they're going to bail on the season. And I think bail on a guy that's – you know, uh, maybe he is not the easiest person to be around um, and, and a bit aloof and, and diva-esque, but he's been a big part of their resurgence this year. They were a 1-5 football team. They won five games in a row, and now they've lost three out of the four, but two of them were very winnable games. Um, I don't know. I don't like it. I think it reeks of you know, just too bottom line oriented. I know it's a lot of money and that contract was not a great contract that they gave Russell Wilson, but I think he should be playing in these final, certainly until they're mathematically eliminated. So Kevin, what's interesting is I was talking to a guy from Denver um, last night. The, if Russ is on the roster at the beginning of the new year, it doesn't, the injury clause doesn't trigger for one year, it triggers for two years. So that money would then be guaranteed for the, for next season and then the season after that, and you'd be holding on to Russ for at least two seasons. That was an interesting tidbit that I found out last night that I don't think has been widely reported. Well, they're going to cut him. They're going to cut him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- this is obvious. They're going to cut Russell Wilson. R- Wilson's going to be available um, <laughs> if you want him. Uh, uh, but they're going to cut Russell Wilson. This is the point. They're not going to risk him getting injured to where they can't cut him because he doesn't pass, you know, a physical in March. But they're going to release him and get out of a lot of they, they're still they're still on the hook for a lot of money. But there's a lot of money they'll save by releasing him. Yeah, th- that there there certainly is. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This was a, this is a college football story. Uh, Rose Bowl is coming up in just a couple of days. Alabama and Michigan. There was a picture floating around the uh, the Twitter yesterday of Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban posing for a picture together with Mickey Mouse at Disneyland. If you haven't seen it, you have to check it out. It is one of the most hilarious pictures I've seen because I would never end. I, I can see Jim Harbaugh going to Disneyland. He seems like a Disneyland kind of guy. Nick Saban does not. Like, Nick Saban posing with Mickey Mouse, to me, is hilarious. Well, doesn't Nick Saban have grandkids? He does. Maybe the family was there. Um, I don't know. Uh, It's just funny to see the two of them together. Look, you and I cannot wait for New Year's night. I mean, Alabama, Michigan, 5 o'clock Rose Bowl. Texas, Washington, you know, 845, 9 o'clock from the – Sugar Bowl, I mean, these are two really good semifinal matchups. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to, even though now Rotomaker's into the transfer portal, I'm looking forward to Florida State-Georgia 
Um, but, you know, Georgia may do to Florida State what they did to TCU last year. Uh, no Jared Verse, no Rotomaker. Florida State, you know, no obviously, um, you know, they've, they're already without their star quarterback. But I can't wait for New Year's night. It's if, Of the upcoming weekend games, NFL and college, those are the two games I can't wait to watch the most. I'm going to be watching them both from an airport, so i got to find somewhere comfy to settle down and just hunker down for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, should be a good one. Uh, Doc will tell you, by the way, you know, Disney World in Orlando, I think, is the number one destination, which makes, I think, Orlando, you can check this, the busiest airport uh, in the world. I believe that's true. Not And in terms of final destination, anyway, um, uh, Disneyland's awesome in Anaheim. Because I was out in L.A. many, many years ago for a lot of, of the year, for like three straight years. Uh, it's an awesome place. I don't know what those places are like now. But um, I took my kids to Disneyland and Disney World. We went to Disney World a couple times. Uh, but Disneyland is the original. That's what people wanted to go to California for. The sun, the sand, the surf, and Disneyland in Anaheim. <laughs> All right, what else? All right, uh, NFL Hall of Fame finalists for the class of 2024 were announced. Unfortunately, no London Fletcher on this year's class, but some names that you'll recognize, Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates, both both, um, this their first time, so they could be first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, Eric Allen, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Jahari Evans, Dwight Freeney, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Fred Taylor, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson, all part of this year's We'll have finalist. time to get into this as we approach the, you know, the summer and the slower months, but this is a hell of a list, actually. London Fletcher's not on it. You can make the case London Fletcher's a, a Hall of Famer. There are also, you know, part of that case you can look at, you know, Pro Bowls and all pros, and they're limited for his career, but, you know, a lot of the numbers say he's certainly in the conversation, so I'm upset for him. You know, I, I got into this uh, debate with Tommy this morning um, uh, on my podcast. Devin Hester, I think, is a Hall of Famer. Now, I think Brian Mitchell deserves a lot of cre- uh, a lot of consideration and serious consideration for the Hall of Fame as well, but not as much as Devin Hester. Devin Hester was truly the most electrifying return man maybe in the history of the game. He had 19 returns for touchdowns, right? 19, 14 punts five kickoffs. He was one of the most he was Tyreek Hill as a returner. He was that feared. He was that lethal. He was that dangerous as a player with the ball in his hands. Brian was never that. Brian was a great returner. And Brian's all-purpose yardage, let's not forget, also includes you know some yards, at, uh, some a lot of yards at running back, and is a pass receiver out of the backfield. And Devin Hester has some of those yards as a receiver as well. Don't get me wrong, but Hester is was a more feared returner than Brian Mitchell. I'm comparing two greats, all right. But Devin Hester, I think, if you watched football during that era you know that when Hester went back there, it was must-watch TV every time he was back there with the threat. And, and you thought there was a legitimate chance it was going to the house every time he touched it. Uh, Hester, I think, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Because I think I may be wrong about this. There aren't many returners. Billy White Shoes Johnson is certainly one of them, I think, that's in the Hall of Fame. But returners have had a tough time over the years getting into the Hall of Fame. All right, uh, Dave Feldman from San Francisco on the 49ers next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 